Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. On Friday, it is opening day here in the city of Detroit. It is a traditional holiday for us here in Detroit, and we are going to celebrate by having a three-hour Detroit Today show at the Majestic Cafe from 9 to noon on Friday morning. You can join me and Delisi Bill Shea from Cranes and a host of other special guests for that special broadcast as we prepare for the opening day game. We're also going to play your personal walk-up songs. What if you were a Tiger, if you were playing for the team? You know, the music that they play when you come out of the batter's circle and into the batter's box, out of the on-deck circle, into the batter's box. What music would you have them play in your honor? You can go to enteryourtune at wdet.org, and Delisi and I will talk about it on Friday, share our walk-up songs, and play some of yours. Uh, then, of course, you can hang out with us at the Majestic Cafe and leave a bit early for the game, beat the traffic, and get down to the ballpark in time for the first pitch. So, again, 9 to noon, Friday morning, we're going to have some fun on Detroit Today. Up first today, Ron Fournier's book, Love That Boy, comes out in paperback today. The publisher and editor of Crane's Detroit Business wrote the autobiographical tale about being a father to his son, Tyler. The paperback edition of the book comes two days after Fournier published a feature about Detroit mogul Dan Gilbert's relationship with his son, Nick. Gilbert's oldest son has a rare nerve disease that causes tumors to grow in his head, and Dan Gilbert tells Fournier about what Nick has taught him about being a good parent. I think there's a real interesting convergence between these two things. Both the profile of Gilbert and Fournier's book are glimpses into the personal lives behind public personas. Rare glimpses into those personal lives. Joining me now to talk about that is Ron Fournier, the publisher and editor of Crane's Detroit Business and author of Love That Boy. Ron, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me on, Stephen. How are you doing? Absolutely very good. Let's start here. What would by, your by walk... Way, my, my, walk would you... yeah, right. be, my walk-up song would be Crazy by Willie Nelson. Oh, look at that. Good pick. Good pick. I don't think we hear a lot of country music at the... Uh, at the ballpark. so Not enough. <laughs> That's right. All right. So let's start with the, the paperback issue of Love That Boy. Talk to the listeners a little about what the book is about. Well, at the, in the 30,000 feet um, level, it's about the expectations that all of us parents uh, bring into parenthood, uh, baggage we drag in from our childhood, and uh, just the expectations we have because we know we're raising our kids in really hard times and we we love them so we want them to be normal whatever that means we want them to be geniuses and go to the great schools we want them to have the right job marry the right person be popular um be happy uh whatever that means and and those expectations um if we're not careful um don't just shape our kids but they but they can misshape them sure. um at the granular level, it was about my wife turning to me the day um, our youngest child and only son was diagnosed with autism and, and told me I had to step up and spend more time with him and, and specifically take some road trips with him so that he could practice his social skills and, and uh, um, so that I would spend uh, more time with him. And it led to a journey where 
I basically learned that I needed to stop trying to make Tyler to be like me in my image and that I, I might be a better man if I were actually more like him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and the book has done very well in, uh, in its first issue, the paperback comes out today. Talk about the kind of things that, uh, that people have said in reaction to this book to you. I would imagine that it opens the door to some pretty personal divulgences and conversations that uh, that people are eager to have, I think, but just looking for the opportunity. Yeah, it really has. Um, it's it's the only thing I've ever written, uh, Stephen. That's that's connected with people like this. That's really mattered. Um, women walking up to me all the time saying, "Will you sign this to to my husband? He's a goof just like you. <laughs> <laughs> He's dense just like you." Um, um, autistic um, young adults um, uh, telling me and telling Tyler that they saw themselves in him and it, it made them feel proud about the the way they were wired, the, the way they were created, uh, just like Tyler is. Um, the thing that's really hit me the most, though, is the is the dads and, and audiences who um, don't, you know, we just, when we get together, guys like you and I, we talk about our jobs, we talk about the Tigers, Um we might talk about our marriage marriages, but mainly complaining. How often do guys talk about um, their failings as a father and their ambitions as a father and, and ask each other for advice? You know, we ask each other for advice on our golf swing, but have you ever turned to a man and said, you know, how do I deal with this with my kid? Um, um, I don't know whether I'm pushing um, or guiding. Um, and it's been remarkable to watch. Like there's this one guy who um, I was one of the first speeches I gave, was looking at me the, during the whole speech as if he was mad. And I go, oh, man, I'm in trouble here. So when I took the questions, he raised his hand, and I went to him first thinking, I'll just get this out of the way. He must be upset at something I wrote about Clinton or Trump. And Instead, what he said was, I'm taking a trip with my son, too. And I, I said, well, that's great. That's sweet. You know, I, I hope the book helps you, you know, navigate that. I, I can't remember quite what I said. Um, but then he said, I don't know what to say to him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow, here his dad is, 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 is tied up in knots about what he's going to say to his son on his trips. And that's awfully typical. Um, we, we don't know what to say to our kids. And we don't, uh, 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 dads in particular, we're not very self-aware, um, yeah. as our wives will tell us. Yeah. So that's, that's the three kind of reactions I've been getting. And it's the, the father to the father that's meant the most to me, I think. Yeah. Uh, This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Ron Fournier. He is the publisher and editor of Crane's Detroit Business, also the author of Love That Boy, a book about his son, Tyler, the relationship that he has with his son, Tyler. It comes out in paperback form today. Uh, It is about that role that fathers play with their kids. What is the role that fathers need to play with their kids? What's the level of involvement that's appropriate? I think it's something that we all as parents struggle with, especially as fathers, to figure out that balance between expectation uh, and connection with our kids, sort of acceptance of who they are and what they may grow up to be and how that may be different from who we are. If you want to call and join the conversation, tell us what your view of fatherhood is. Uh, Tell us about the relationships you have with your children. Uh, If you are married to a father, call and tell us what those relationships look from your standpoint. Uh, 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, go to Twitter, and hashtag Detroit Today. 
and we will try to work your comments into the conversation. Uh, Ron, this weekend you also wrote, as I said in the open, uh, about another father in our community, Dan Gilbert, someone who uh, most people around here know, uh, know as the owner of Quicken Loans, the founder of Quicken Loans, uh, uh, the owner of many buildings in downtown Detroit now, uh, sort of the tip of the spear of the downtown revitalization effort. Your story about him was something, though, I think most people did not know about Dan Gilbert. It was about his relationship with with one of his sons. Talk about uh, what what you hoped people drew out of that story. Um, well, I, I, I guess on one level, I, I hope that um, uh, they realize that uh, uh, people in public life are a lot more complicated than we realize. Uh, you know, the story in, in one respect just kind of is another layer of the onion on, on Dan Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not a saint. Um, he's also not uh, a, a, the devil. Um, uh, he's a dad at one level. And, and you see in the story where he's struggling with his childhood. Uh, he tells a horrifying story about um, the way his grandfather treated his his father yes. over a, a tragedy in his father's life and, and, and how that made his father cold and distant and... Uh, that Dan is, you know, he says he's still striving to be a better father than 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 his father. And what was really neat about it was, I got to also interview his oldest son, the one with the genetic disorder, Nick Gilbert, a remarkable young man going to school up at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And I interviewed them separately. You know, I drove up to Michigan State and talked to to Nick, and it was really interesting. The way I ended up writing it was, you'd have Gilbert talking about um, his. Um, uh, the way he viewed his fatherhood, and then you have Nick talking about how he viewed uh, Dan. So you had the father and son kind of, uh, um, you know, call and repeat, um, almost like a gospel song. It was, sure. it was. Uh, it's, Nick's a remarkable young guy, and 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 Dan, like most dads, is um, an imperfect father who's who's trying to get closer to to being good. Yeah, you know uh, that that relationship with your son and the relationship that it has to the relationship you had with your father, I think is another really interesting dynamic and one we don't talk a whole lot about. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the the person that we are most likely to learn parenting from is our parent, but in a lot of instances, uh, that learning is interrupted or disrupted at least uh, by the, the the dysfunction or 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 trouble that exists there, and then you're sort of left to to try to figure on your own. Well, which parts of that make sense? Which parts of that don't? And am I repeating the mistakes? I think that's the thing that that uh, sort of visits. Right. In or how about you know the, the many children in our community who don't have a, a mother or a father sure, sure. figure? Um, they're they're really um, you know they're going into life with a with a blank slate and 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 no no manual. You know, at least with w- women, and I know I'm overgeneralizing, at least they tend to talk to each other, and they're a lot more self-aware than men tend to be, sure. a lot more self-critical, and, and take the responsibility of parenthood very serious from the start. Um, for guys, you know, again, um, you know, all we have to model on is our father, and that was one of my mistakes with, with my son. And we don't even try to learn from each other. Um, we won't even open up with our wives, most of us. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it took this slap in the face when Tyler was 12 and and my wife to um to drive me over a course of a couple of years for me just to be you know as as, as little bit of, of of a better father as I am now yeah 
Yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. We are talking about fatherhood uh, and the dynamics of fatherhood with Ron Fournier, who's the publisher and editor Crane's Detroit Business, also author of the book Love That Boy, which comes out in paperback today. Uh, what do you see in your relationships with your son? What do you see in the relationships with your father and how that relates to the relationships you have with your son? Uh, if you're married to a father, give us a call and tell us what you see in the relationship between uh, your husband and uh, your son. Uh, 313-577-1019, again, is the number. Let's go to George off 696. George, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, with regard to um, your discussion, uh, fathers and their relationships with their, with their children, uh, I heard a great line that can be taken as, as something positive, and, and it can also be referred to as a negative. Uh-huh. Um, uh, this friend of my uh, uncle's was uh, annoyed. He was born in Ireland, lives here in Detroit, and he cannot stand the, some people that uh, throw out this Irish personification, this, this bravado of being Irish, to the point where this guy talked to someone in a, in a restaurant bar on St. Patrick's Day and said, you can't claim to be Irish unless you've been raised by an Irish father. And what, and, and what, does, that, what does that mean, do you think? I mean, I, I guess I'm... It could mean a number of things that both could be positive, could be negative. You know, that, you know, suck it up. Um, I see. Um, you know, take, uh, take command of the situation. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I don't need to tell you that I love you you know I love you, as one end, end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is, you know, there are Irish fathers that are incredibly nurturing and loving. It, it seems like with, with the Irish, and I'm Irish, by the way, so I'm not disparaging <laughs> right, other right. people. Um, it's either, you know, yin or yang. It's yeah. either black or white. That's really interesting. It, 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 was a, it was a very, very powerful thought-provoking statement. Yeah. And, and I really get a kick out of it. Yeah. Um, but I had a question regarding the autism. Uh-huh. Has, has your guest heard of a condition called synesthesia and a particular condition, ordinal personification synesthesia? Uh, I, I know I haven't. Uh, I have not, no. Yeah. Uh, what is that, George? Do you wanna... it's, a, it's a neuro condition where... Um, as an example, with ordinal personification, they, they refer to as OP, um, you assign uh, gender and a personality to numbers. Okay. And, and there, are, there are a number of different forms of synesthesia where people, when they, when they see uh, a number or when they hear a number, some, some actually have a taste. A specific taste. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I've not, I've not, I've not heard of that. Um, but, but I, I certainly appreciate your calling and and sharing that. You know what, what uh, George was saying there about that sort of ethnic defining of fatherhood, the the sort of cultural environment in which. Uh, fatherhood always uh, unfolds. I, it reminds me of, actually of a conversation we were having on the show last week about this idea of 
uh, toughness versus empathy, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the, what do we teach our children about how to relate to other people, how to relate to other people's problems? I think that is part of that is part of the fatherhood uh, puzzle, right? How do we relate to to our boys uh, to try to make them into uh, the kind of men that that we that we want them to be? Yeah, and with with me, I had a great relationship with my father, and looking back on it, it almost came too easy. Um, you talk about cultural. My dad was a, a big Detroit cop and a jock. Now, I never became a cop, um, <laughs> but I loved my sports, and my dad and I connected through sports. Our, our, our last conversation on his deathbed three years ago was about Gordie Howe and, and uh, Al Kaline. Wow. Um, uh, and, you know, so we were the field of dreams, you know, uh, cliché. It was easy for us to communicate through sports. Yeah, I think that's often the reason that we talk about sports with our kids is that uh, it's almost as if there's there's less freight there, right? Uh, exactly, and there's you know it can be passed down through the generations, and and what's easier for a guy to talk about than sports? Sure. Now, what happens when your son, in my case, um, doesn't like sports? Um, doesn't like playing them and isn't interested in them? It's not his fixation. Uh -huh. Well, I didn't know what to do. Um, I didn't know how else to connect with him. Um, I didn't try really another way. And there's this terribly um, heart-wrenching part of my book where Tyler says that, you know, he, he played sports not because I pushed him, but because he knew I wanted him to. And, and, right. and, and he says, if I have kids and they're into sports, of course I'll go to their games because I, I would do that for them. Well, I wasn't that selfless with him. Yeah. Um, it took, again, Lori... Um, um, setting us on this journey and uh, me realizing that it was my responsibility to find another way to connect with him through history, through video games, through his interests, than me trying to make him connect with me through uh, sports, what, what was easy for me. And, and it sounds common sense, and most dads and moms are probably out there rolling their eyes, but <laughs> for a lot of us, we don't realize what we're doing. I was doing it out of love. I love him to death. Um, but I wasn't. I wasn't uh, being a very good father to him. Yeah, yeah. Again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number to join the conversation. My guest is Ron Fournier, publisher and editor of Crane's Detroit Business, also author of Love That Boy, a book about his son Tyler, the relationship between Ron and his son Tyler. Uh, the book comes out in paperback form today. Uh, Ron also authored a story over the weekend about Dan Gilbert, the, the mogul here in Detroit, and the relationship he has with one of his sons, uh, who has a rare ner nerve disease that causes tumors to grow in his head. We're talking about fatherhood. What does fatherhood mean and look like? Uh, and how do you draw those connections that... Uh, that kids desperately need with their fathers. How do you make sure that as a father you're playing uh, that role? Uh, Ron, I'm curious how much of your uh, your struggle to, to sort of define the space that you wanted to be in with Tyler, how much of that did you see in uh, what you learned from Dan Gilbert uh, and his struggles with his with his son Nick. Uh, that's, that's a good question. You know, we talk about unconscious bias in in race relations. Uh -huh. sure. I think there was an unconscious bias in the story because I didn't go into it thinking, "Hey, I'm going to write a story about Dan Gilbert and his son, and it's going to come out about when my book comes out." I was I was meeting Dan Gilbert because I'm new on the job and new to the city, 
and and it, it turned out to be a two two and a half hour conversation, kind of an introductory conversation, and I just kept drifting to um, uh, this topic with him because. Um, it was easy for me. It's top of mind. Um, and I was connecting with him. I could tell it was the one place where he was animated, where I wasn't getting talking points, where I wasn't hearing his complaints about the media or, you know, I wasn't hearing about his business, which, frankly, you know, doesn't – I don't have as much passion for Quicken Loans as I do talking to a dad about fatherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just became um, – it wasn't intentional, but I'm sure it was informed by the fact that I've had my head in this topic for the last uh, couple of years. And then as he's talking about Nick, I, he just Nick sounded so much like Tyler. He talks about how huh. Nick says these funny, precocious things and how blunt Nick is. And Nick couldn't lie if he tried, that he's <laughs> he's very genuine. And um, so he sounded a lot like Tyler. And, and so then I asked him, do you mind if I go out and talk to Nick. Um, you know, I think there's a story here. Right. And then, uh, sure enough, uh, Nick does really remind me of Tyler. Uh, sitting with him um, at MSU, it was like, holy moly, they're about the same age, and and uh, um, they're both remarkable young men who uh, who um, are, are, are probably better men than their fathers. Wow. Wow. Uh, let's go to Mark in Rochester. Mark, welcome to Detroit Today. Wow. Well, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Yeah, as, as I was listening to your program, um, just thinking about my own relationship with my father and then my relationship I have with my son. And I'm like, you know, it's, it kind of struck me that, and I've thought about this before that, uh, you know, we have these moments with our dads as a son, as a child, and you, I guess you just kind of just take it for granted that "Ah, dad's playing catch or, you know, dad's going to do this with me. And, uh, my dad was a cement finisher. He would come home exhausted. And so, he didn't always have that time for us, mm-hmm. but when he did, I was like, oh, yeah, we're playing catch. And looking back at it now, I'm like, you're the guy that worked, you know, eight, <laughs> ten hours flopping cement, <laughs> and then he would play catch with us. And I'm like, what a gift. And I guess yeah. as a dad, I look back at that and think, that's something I need to give to my son or my daughter. Sure. So they can give it back to their kids. You know, it's kind of like you, you learn these lessons now. And I look at my dad's generation too. And I'm like, you know, they did the best they could raising their kids with how their parents raised them. And my grandfather was no prize to my dad, but my dad turned out to be a good man. And, uh, I'd like to think his sons turn out to be good men too. So I'm not bragging, but (laughs) you know, I mean, it, it, it was passed along and I think that's so crucial for a father to realize. And the thing is, you don't always realize it in the moment. Yeah, you realize it that's right. after the moment's passed. Yeah. Yeah. No, Mark, I think that's a, that's a great point. Thank you very much uh, for calling. And, 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 and think of the point there that Mark has made, how important it is. It's not the amount of time you spend. Look, we all have to work. Most of us have to work uh, 40, 50, 60 hours a week. And our wives are working now too. Mm-hmm. There's almost, only so much time of the day. It's, it's when you are present, how present are you? How 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 good is that right. that time? Um, are you are you are you doing what what is in the best interest of the child and what interests the child, or are you just doing something for for your sake? Yeah. That's a he's making a great point. Yeah. Okay, Ron Fournier, publisher and editor of Crane's Detroit Business, author of the book "Love That Boy," coming out in paperback today. As always, thanks for being with us on Detroit Today. 
Thanks for having me on. By the way, I'll be at uh, the Source Booksellers there in Midtown near you on April 27th. Excellent. Absolutely. Take care. Yeah, we'll see you then. Bye. All right. Uh, up next, Dearborn has re-erected a statue of its controversial former mayor. We're going to talk about it next. Uh, stay with us on Detroit Today. Mm-hmm.